our metric at the end of the day is can a girl say I know this now right the knowledge did they acquire new skills but the second is the self-efficacy to say if I want to I can you are listening to Inside Skookum the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of a growing tech company Today, Brad Schmidt and I are sitting down with Abby Alukia. Abby runs Raising Smart Girls. It's a program that is focused on STEM education for young girls. There was so much content around this that we had to split this up into two interviews. And you're going to love all of it, I promise. In this episode, we get into the differences between how young boys and young girls process this information and why it needs to be treated differently. Abby is a wealth of information on this topic. I know you're going to love getting to hear from her. You can't help but smile as you listen to her talk about this topic that she is so passionate about. So with that, let's get to know Abby. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you're listening to Inside Skookum, and we are sitting down with, I'm going to get this right, Abby Alukea. Yes. Yes. Got Good it. job. Nailed it. I, I admittedly asked her how to say it before. <laughs> right before <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, we made it. We made it. So, Abby, uh, we wanted to sit down with you because uh, you are doing some great things in the tech world, in Charlotte, in the community, and you gave a tech talk here. Um, you've actually given two tech talks here now. Yes, two. Yeah. And yeah. so a couple months back, you gave one on girls in STEM and we wanted to bring you in and talk about why is there a, a need specifically for female focused curriculum? Yeah. And uh, we, we, you were the person to talk to. Yeah. So, um, well, thank we're you happy for you're having here. me. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit, uh, give us a little bit of your background? Like, how did you get to the point? We'll get into the program, but how did you get to a point where you knew that this was a path you wanted to pursue? Yeah, it's it's interesting how time works. But when I was in high school, um, I had an opportunity to do a project and um, I didn't know what it was going to be about. It was like a capstone style project. But my advisor had mentioned to me, because I was now starting to get really interested in technology, that, well, you know, girls don't really like technology, you know, like, you know, it's really more of a boy thing. And she actually gave me a research paper to this read. in high school? Yes. And I now, as a, an adult, I'm like, was she trying to discourage me? Because at that time, yeah. I was just like, okay, why are you giving me all this stuff to read? So I read it, and my... <laughs> like, I, don't under, I don't think you understand. This isn't for you. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, go read this thing. Like, go see what people saying about it so then I read it and my first thought was like but that doesn't make any sense to me so fortunately at the time I was actually taking some um, programming courses at a community college while I was in high school because that's what you do for fun in high school for some reason I don't know why I was doing this but I was doing it and it was interesting to me and I really liked visual basic which is what I was learning mostly because it was visual and I could see what I was building Um, and I thought I bet they're just not teaching these girls the way that they would want to learn. So I told her that would be my project. I was like, why don't I do a project where I teach middle school kids for six weeks and I'll come up with the project and we'll see if they're interested at the end. And she was like, okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) So this is like back in high school. You were in high school. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's cool. And so I ran this whole thing for six weeks. I walked these girls in their library. Um, And you were like junior, senior? I was a senior. I was a senior. Um, 
pretty sure I was a senior. Um, and yeah, I was a senior. I know why I was a senior because they <laughs> wanted me to stay and run a summer camp with it. That was how much fun they had. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to college. <laughs> so I know, I'm like, this was just an experiment. College, yeah, college, no. yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying this, but not that much. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. That's but, when you were like, yeah, this is, this yeah. is typical high school. Yeah, but yeah. needless to say, though, like they had so much fun. We built an address book. This is how far long ago this was um and they got to put all their friends names in it they picked their colors and there was no part of it they didn't understand it was easy for them to understand because there was um a mission around what they were building they were into what they were building um and so i kind of walked away with that in my mind i guess it was just maybe i just did that to validate to myself that this advisor was wrong yeah (laughs) (laughs) because at that time i definitely wasn't thinking about a business or i just you know i felt confident going into my computer science degree at that point so what did the what did the advisor say about it she she didn't have any comment i think she gave up on me because i also then after that did an internship with the um john hopkins applied physics lab and she's just like whatever you're i guess you're just (laughs) you'll be you'll be the 10 (laughs) percent that does this um but so i didn't went on to college and i'm not thinking about this at all um virginia tech okay Hokies. Um, The engineering department, fantastic, was probably one of a handful of girls that was in my program. Didn't really matter to me at that point, to be honest, because I was into what I was building. Like, I wasn't even paying attention that much, right? And I'm pretty social, so even if my classes were diverse, like, I was in everything outside. So, like, I still felt like I had this rounded experience, and I wasn't the only in every space that I was in. So it didn't bother me that much then. Then I graduate um, and I start looking for jobs and I'm realizing that it wasn't too difficult because I just had all these experiences, right? So that wasn't even my roadblock. It wasn't like, oh, it was hard to find a job as a woman. Not really, I had a ton of opportunities. But then as I started to work, that's where it started to hit me. I'm like, wait, these rooms are full of men. Like, <laughs> it didn't so occur to me. I'll be honest. It hit me in college. Is I walked it's, in and I was like, I picked the wrong major. <laughs> like, like there are no girls in this entire major. <laughs> Did not occur college, to me. High school enough. Brad was very pro really? girls in tech. <laughs> it was like, where are they? Where? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so I, it was really weird for me that I just had no awareness until it became my everyday. Because I guess work is different, right? You really are there all day. Um, and so because of that, I'm thinking, okay, I guess maybe because I'm in manufacturing industry, maybe that's what it is. Um, so again, I'm just, I'm, I'm working, I'm moving forward, I'm growing in my career. Um, it bothered me in the beginning, then I forgot again. <laughs> <laughs> then it's just work. And yeah. I'm, now I'm one of the guys, I'm literally in a room of 30 guys. And like at the end of the week, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was the only girl in there that whole <laughs> yeah. week. Do you feel like that rubs off on you at, over time? Like, but do you, you find good. yourself like then when you're in a room full of just all women, do you feel like you have it's to like odd. retrain yourself <laughs> on how to like how to interact? a really good question because I don't always find myself in a room with all women so I'm not even really sure yet um, how to answer that but in the middle of my career I did move from um, 
technology roles into the business side. And when I did that, my conduit into that side of the world was through the customer experience organization. And that was an organization full of women. And that was a different ball game for me because it was like, oh my gosh, there are women like everywhere. And, and I enjoyed that. That was fun too. But my mindset in the way that I worked at the time, because I was so used to, I just feel like men and women work differently. Like that has been my experience. Um, I've gotten a chance to learn how to effectively work with, with both um, genders, but I don't think that people always pick up on that. People mm-hmm. always realize that. So when I started working with a lot of women again, I don't think that I felt like, oh, this is this is how it should be. It just, to me, again, it was just work. I think the most defining thing that happened, um, two things. One, I started having children, and they turned out to be girls. I was only going to have two kids, and I didn't care what they were. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to be two girls, which is fantastic for me. And honestly, my husband, too, he, he loves girls. Um our girls <laughs> <laughs> not just the, not just the broad <laughs> really not weird. any and all just, <laughs> just our, our girls yeah. um, <laughs> but um they start you know getting older and you know i'm the stem mom that's like oh yeah i can't wait till like you can code and we can experiment with that and you can do all these things and then they're coming home with oh i don't know i don't like that that's a boy thing i'm like what <laughs> Yeah, where, <laughs> where did, did where that did come from? That not in well, this house, right? Say, yeah, especially having you <laughs> yes. in the house. So it, it's it not, didn't even matter. Yeah. Like the world does not care. They will come after your children <laughs> with all these gender biases because it's happening outside of the home. And so my immediate reaction was, well, okay, I guess we just have to be more intentional with how we talk and how we do things. That's actually what got me into the research. I really just started to research for my sake as a parent like okay well if this is gonna happen what are the right things to say what are we saying you know mistakenly or unconsciously that's fostering you know these unconscious bias that we don't know and I started to learn that one there are ways to say things there are um, types of activities you want to expose your kids to there are ways to be thoughtful about their learning environment all kinds of things and in researching that I found it entirely too difficult like why am I having to dig into research papers it made no sense that this wasn't information that was just readily available to parents at the same time I'm working in a company that is now trying really hard to diversify their workforce right so they Inga Sarand was doing such a good job with all right we're gonna do a better job with uh, making sure that we make women feel comfortable here, building a progressive and inclusive environment. And in learning all about that from a leadership standpoint at the company, I'm realizing this is not a problem that you solve here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that needs to happen, you know, way before you ever get women, you know, into your workforce. One, in order to get more there. And then, of course, make it a a great place for them to work, right? So I was getting it from my kids at the early pipeline stage, and I was getting it from work, and it just – 
didn't all add up to me all the all the activities that were going on i felt like parents weren't getting any help here i was digging way too far to the back of the internet to find information (laughs) 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 way too far (laughs) the back of the internet not a a good place to go like um normal parents are not gonna do this i mean admittedly i'm the crazy one that my friends are like what did you discover today (laughs) and so i just started sharing what i found and that was what became Raising Smart Girls. I just started sharing what I found with friends. And their reaction actually was what really encouraged me because it was always instantly, can you text that to me? Like, it was almost like, wait, what? You, you found what? Like, yeah. I have never heard that before. I've never seen that before. How do you even know where to look? All that. And, and so that's what became this, like, okay, I'll just start this newsletter and whatever I found find during the week, I'll send it. And they started sending it around and that started growing and it started getting attention even outside of the little group. Um, and we had gotten this award that I, it just blew my mind that they found us, but it was this group of um, mom influencers, like 800 of them voted for Raising Smart Girls as the most engaging content that year. Oh, wow. And that was like ultimate validation um, to me, like, okay, w- this audience is underserved c- completely. Well, and that's, <clears throat> and this, uh, I did a terrible job of setting you up here, but <laughs> we haven't told the listeners mm. that Raising Smart Girls is the uh, program that you have started yep. as, and you're giving kind of yep. what spawned that. But yeah. When they yeah. hear that, um, it's like, wait, that what is, is that? the name of the program. Yeah, so yeah, let me describe a little bit. So, so that journey got, took me to raising smart girls, and it really became a platform that I designed for parents, not even so much their children. It was let's just from parent to parent share information so that we can be better informed, um, and we can do our part to make sure that we give our girls um, the best opportunities, and so that. That still exists today as Raising Smart Girls. We send content every week. Um, We now have an online presence that is continuing to grow, um, and we have content on there as well. That itself is expanding over the rest of this year to have some topical guides that parents can sign up for so that it's easy for them to follow a track and just decide, okay, I'm going to learn about this one topic, and then they enroll in it and can continue to learn until they're done and come back around. Uh, But with Raising Smart Girls, our goal was, one, awareness. We wanted parents to understand that there were things that you could do, Um, simple things you could do, simple things like not throw math homework to the dad (laughs) in the house, right? Well, and and in our house, that would be a terrible decision anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Mom's not good at math, but dad is really not. Significantly worse. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, so in, in growing up, uh, my mom was a math teacher for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah? I couldn't leave the house without my homework being perfect. Really? Oh, my mom. By your mom. Like, there were times where I'm like, I'm going to be late for school. And she was like, yeah, until it's perfect. Like, yeah. it was yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. And I talked to a lot of moms that are like, you know, it's not like I don't want to do the math homework I would just prefer to be the reading person (laughs) you know what I mean like they they enjoy working with their kids but when it comes to something that's gonna 
feel uncomfortable. Like, I don't even know it myself. Like, I'm trying to, I don't have good memories about math personally. (laughs) So I'm worried about passing that on to you. So I'll rather not even (laughs) work with you. You know, there are a lot of parents like that. Who helps those parents? That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the one to say, okay, let's figure this out together so that you don't have to feel that way. Because what the research does say, so a couple of things that drives the work that we do and how we design the solutions we design. One is that by age 12, girls are going to decide whether they want to lean into STEM, science, technology, engineering, or math or not. And they're not making intentional decisions. I was going to say, yeah. that's, which is crazy yeah. to think that it's that young. Yes. And you're not saying they're even consciously making no. the decision. It's just that the, they just the trajectory lean they've been into, put on yeah. is they basically lean into showing what they like. them that you don't like this. Like You yeah. haven't had time to really yeah. process if you yeah. do. Yeah. But we're kind of telling you you don't yeah. like it. And you don't even know enough to know what you're not choosing. That's the worst part. You're not an informed decision maker. You're essentially saying by age 12, like, you know what? I'm really into X. And the, the scope of what you are choosing from is very limited. And so you just start doing more of X. You're just right. leaning into X and you're going and you're going and you're going and you're going. And you haven't considered this whole entire world, it just doesn't exist to you, right? And that's a that's an awful problem because what happens and what we're seeing more and more of because no kid can get away from technology at this point now, right? Um, you come around in high school and all of a sudden you're hearing about all this stuff, right? And you're like, wait, why didn't I consider that? Yeah. And it might be 11th grade that you decide you know what, I, I, now I want to do that. Well, if you're going to NC State, for example, you need to have had four years of math to yeah. be in the engineering college. It's too late at 11th grade to now start building a path um, for some colleges to even be in a STEM degree period. Um, that's like, I mean, it's like that with sports yeah. and everything. Like Nobody in starts I mean, in 11th grade. <laughs> yeah, I remember like I was, I got into hockey um later and like i didn't start skating yeah like you know super early as a kid whereas like some of these kids start when they're you know four years old or something like that and i got to like there was no way i could keep up with with those kids in high school because they were they were way past me just on the skating side of things so it's i I really do feel like that's like that just it's just over time right like you've gotten an opportunity to be exposed um the other thing that happens is um there offline things that you're doing there's informal learning that's happening all the time that's the stuff that's happening at home that's what's happening during summer camps um that's what's happening when you're just playing for example my kids i was so proud of them this weekend they were born and so they started creating a parachute for their toys (laughs) (laughs) from the first level foyer and they tried all kinds of things and then i finally was like okay let's watch some youtube videos about how to make this and we actually made a really good one um, but they came up with that idea themselves and that's seeds that have been planted for years and years and years. And now this is what they choose to play with. Right. right? And that's informal learning. That's now I'm comfortable and <laughs> with, you know, just deciding that I want to make things, um, I want to play with air dynamics, yeah. <laughs> just what they're doing. Right. Um, it's that comfort level with vocabulary. It's that comfort level with, um, those concepts that allow you to later down the line say, oh, yeah, someone says, um, you know, you should consider thermodynamics and it doesn't sound scary. Yeah. Because well, and it's I not think, a big word to you. <laughs> and, and this is such a broad subject. 
and I loved your tech talk. If you haven't watched Abby's tech talk yet, go back and and watch it. There's a lot of a lot of content yeah. that we probably just won't get yeah. to in here, but it's definitely worth a watch. But well, let me preface this as a guy who just recently had a daughter. Admittedly, I have always been the one who looks at this stuff and. I hate to say it, but would look at it and just say, like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Mm-hmm. Engineering is engineering yeah. or STEM is STEM. Like whether you're a guy or girl doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The information's the same. Like, why do we need to make a big deal out of this? Now I have a little girl and I'm listening to your tech talk and I'm sitting there going, I need to know everything <laughs> that Tell I me. need to Tell know to make sure everything. that she is prepared <laughs> to fight against all the people like me that she's going to run into. Right? Exactly. So, so it's like the light bulb goes off. But one of the things that stuck, uh, stuck with me from your tech talk was you were talking about how the, how guys and girls or boys and girls process things differently. And you said the example you gave was, uh, let's talk about dissecting a drone and drone technology, yeah. right? And every guy, every kid, uh, every boy in the in the room look lights up. And he's like, "Oh yes, I, I would love to do yeah. that." And all the girls are like, "I don't care about yeah. that." And and but what and that really, actually happened. Right. That was a session I was in, and I just asked randomly, and I'm like, "If I put a drone on this table, who would get excited?" And all the boys, every single one of them, were like. Totally. And I'm like, okay, great. And no girl. And I'm like, well, why are you guys excited? And they were like, looked at me like, because it's a drone. Like, do we need to explain any further? And But the the thing that really grabbed me was when, uh, and this is when it all clicked for me, was when you're talking about that. I'm the one who's going like, why wouldn't you want to work on a drone? Yeah. I'm sitting there going like, I totally understand what's what's going on here. But then what got me was when you said, you then went into, but think of all the things you could do with a drone. Yep. You could help people do X, Y, and Z. You could keep people safe yep. by doing X, Y, and then the girls lit up. That's when they got excited. Yeah. And that is that is the core difference between um, how girls approach STEM in general and how boys do and why age 12 is important for girls, but not so much for boys. Because there's no research that says that boys are making those decisions <laughs> at age 12. Because they're probably just going. They're just going. But they're not thinking yet. And guess what? What are they leaning into? The things that are natural to them, which is they like to see things move and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and it really doesn't have to have that deep of a meaning for boys at right. that point yet. Like, yeah, like I we like don't need to be saving fly. the world. <laughs> End of conversation. <laughs> That's it. It flies. It flies. Fun, like, yeah. what else do you need to know? Yeah. Um, does it shoot things? Like, yes. Even better. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And can we put paint in it and make yeah. it shoot paint? Yeah. So those things are what's naturally happening anyway. Our curriculum, a lot of STEM curriculum is built that way just to show you the concept. If you look at our learning standards for science in this country, it just says, I'm going to teach you that things move. I'm going to teach you that things fly. I'm going to teach you that, you know, you can push and pull things. I'm going to teach you that you can hit things up. (laughs) You know what I mean? We're teaching concepts, right? Without any real application, um, unless you get a really good teacher that's just good at doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for the boys who that's an okay way to learn, I'm sure every child will learn better with application anyway. But for boys that that's an okay way to learn, then it's just like, I'm good. (laughs) You know, I'm excited, you know. Um, But for the girls in those rooms, you've lost them. 
a long time ago. Um, and there are so many experiments that have been done about this. I was talking to the Utah um, Department of um, Instruction a while back, and they mentioned just changing the name of their woodworking course um, to focus on things that you can build, like Pinterestable crafts, and it was full. Yeah. <laughs> of girls, oh, wow. right? Now I want to know how a laser cutter works. Oh, that's how you make those things that do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you tie the application to it, it gets a girl excited. Yeah. Um, it really the, gets a human boys, being excited. Yeah, because the boys, like you, you could have stopped at laser. And that's <laughs> Like it. you didn't have to say use that's a laser it. cutter that's for woodworking. It. It's just it's like, like just I'm good. Laser. laser. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're done. And so think about that and think about how maker spaces are designed. They just have stuff. They have a laser cutter, they have a 3D printer, they have this and they have that, and they say, come in there and just have fun. Well, if I'm a girl, which I am, I don't like those spaces because, okay, what can I do? What can I do with this, right? Like, don't just show me how to use it. Probably have a couple guides, a couple... um, a couple examples of things I can make. Right. Let me make a couple of things. And then now my juices are flowing with what What can I make? How can I change this? How would I do it differently? Right. But when you just throw me in the room like that, so is it it's not to, fun. <laughs> is it fair to say that, I mean, I think at the end of the day, both boys and girls want to know what they can do with things. But I, yeah. is it fair to say that on the introduction, boys are okay just like if you're saying, hey, here's a laser cutter. They're okay. Like using a laser cutter is the entertainment. That is the yes. end. But for girls, that's, that's of no value for them. Zero. The value is found in here's what you can do yes, with a laser with it. cutter. Yes. The boys it's, don't need that part yet mm-mm. for the most yeah. part. They don't need that part yet. I think ultimately they do, you know, get there. Right. Um, and what's fun about, you know, being a boy and that's, that's, it it just, it's, it's fun just in itself is that when you do learn to use a laser cutter as a boy, then you start thinking of all the things that you can do with it. Right. Right. (laughs) It just kind of follows that way. So I think for girls, that's where the disadvantage comes in because the way that we sell STEM today doesn't really emphasize all the wonderful things that, um, you get to create and how STEM contributes to the world in meaningful ways. It's just not what we start with, the conversation with. We start with the cool thing we've made with the very long name, (laughs) and then um, we somehow back it to, oh, and by the way, this helps, blah, 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 right? Because it's usually people really jazzed about that technology talking about it, and they just, oh, did you do this, and does it cut this, and does it do that? (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So... I think that talk that I, that you were referencing was I, I think I called the rebranding STEM for girls, mm-hmm. and and that's the reason why because there's nothing wrong with STEM in and of itself. There's just not enough content um, that's created to really start first with the problem in mind. Yeah. What are we solving for? And here are the tools that help you solve those problems. Do you need more Skookum in your life? Follow us on social. And if you want to make sure that you're getting connected during the quarantine, outside of just the normal social posts, we are also starting to live stream some of our talks that take place, uh, specifically the Skookum Tech Talks, but also uh, a few other projects that we're working on. So if you want to know the ins and outs of those, make sure you check us out on Meetup. We'll post all the details that you need right there, as well as on our social media channel. So until next time, don't forget to wash your hands and stay nerdy.